for being with us last week and helping us. He did a tremendous job uh, sharing last Sunday. and uh, He's a fireball, a little firecracker. He will keep you on your toes, and um, he will just shake you and rattle you. And if he's... If you're like me, he will get a hold of me and tickle me to I flop like a fish on the floor. It's just, he's so strong. You'd have to see it to understand what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Did you see it? <laughs> oh, we love you, Jonathan. He's watching right now. So Mark, the fifth chapter, we're going to close out our series this morning on encounters. Um, we were encountering the presence of the Lord during worship this morning. Uh, got, we need to know what to do when he shows up and manifests himself. Uh, I tell you all the time, and you know he's with you always. He said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. However, he does manifest his presence, and when he manifests his presence, uh, then he begins to do things. We need to know, we need to let him do what he wants to do, number one. But we need to learn to host the ghost. The Holy Ghost, that is. Uh, encountering Jesus, I, I believe that uh, it's more about Jesus meeting you where you are than it is trying to get to where he is. Did you hear that? Let me say it again. Encounters are more about Jesus meeting you where you are than they are about you trying to get where he is. Now, we've talked about and we do this but it's really just a dimension into the invisible realm. The kingdom of God is an invisible kingdom. And he can open our eyes to that invisible realm and we can see into that invisible realm. And it's not about us getting there as much as it is his kingdom coming here. Now, the text this morning presents us with a story, a narrative describing a place of hopelessness, interpersonal chaos, Tension, marginalization, and suffering. That's what this story talks about. It segues into an encounter with Jesus that ultimately results in the elimination of the source of hopelessness. Does anyone know anyone uh, or have you seen people that are hopeless? I believe we can encounter them all the time. And he wants to eliminate the source of that hopelessness, that chaos, that tension, that suffering. And here it is, listen to me, that fallen mindset. I'll say it again. That fallen mindset. Because I believe that a lot of the chaos, the tension, the suffering, uh, the hopelessness comes from a fallen mindset where we don't think properly about who he is, and then in turn we don't think properly about ourselves. Finally, this story will move us to a place of healing, restoration, and we will see a man who is set free, but in his being set free, other people are going to be frightened and upset by it. Can I just tell you right now that when you have an encounter with God, some people aren't going to like what happens to you when you encounter God, especially if you will allow it to do to you what he wants it to do to you. The story of an encounter with the power of Jesus 
that performed a miracle of deliverance in this man's life. Will you uh, read with me from Mark the 5th chapter? It's going to be on the screen in the New American Standard Bible, and I'm going to try to read from that. They came to the other side of the sea into the country of Gennesaret. That's going across the Sea of Galilee. We say the Gadareans. When he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. Underline that unclean spirit in your Bible, okay? And he had his dwelling among the tombs. No one was able to bind him anymore, even with the chain. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and gashing himself with stones. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up, bowed down before him, and shouted with a loud voice. He said, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had come, Jesus had been saying to him, Come out of that Man, you unclean spirit. Again, unclean spirit. Verse 9. And he was asking him, what is your name? And he said to him, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he began to implore him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain. The demons implored him, saying, I, I want to make mention of something here right now. See the word demons right there? Does it look different than the other words on the screen right now? What is it? It's italicized. This is the New American Standard Bible, which is one of the closest translations to the original language. It and the English Standard Version. And the word demons here is not in the original language. That's why it is italicized. The word demons is not used in the, in the Greek language. They implored him, saying, Send us into the swine so that we may enter them. Verse 13. Jesus gave them permission, and coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd pushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. Their herdsmen ran away and reported it to the city and in the country, and the people came to see what was that had happened. I want you to pay attention to verse 15, please. Mark this, note this in your mind. They came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed, seated, sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind. Three things. He was seated, he was clothed, and he was in his right mind. The very man who had been, who had had the legion, and they became frightened. So he's set free, he has an encounter, but the people were frightened. And those who had seen it described to them how it had happened, to the demon-possessed man and about all of the swine, and they began to implore him to leave their region. They wanted Jesus to leave. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed was imploring him that he might accompany him. He wanted to get in the boat and go with Jesus. And Jesus said to him, Go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. Verse 20, And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. 
Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you what we can encounter as we read these stories. But may we realize that it was not just for that time period that you want to encounter us today with your power, with your presence. And everyone who believed said, Amen. The moment that we encounter him, the superior supernatural realities of the kingdom of God become alive in you. There are, some, there are certain things that are in you that you're just not aware of, you have not been awakened to, but the moment that you encounter Jesus, those things, those realities of the kingdom of God will become real to you and they will come, become alive to you and you will be awakened to them and sense the presence of God in your life to change your life. It is not possible to encounter one so overwhelmingly good and maintain status quo. Can I get any help in the building today? Does anybody believe that when you encounter the one that is so overwhelmingly, it's amazing to me, Lisa and I talk about this all the time, that we will say God is good, but He's not that good. You know, God is good all the time until you see something or someone that you don't think deserves the goodness of God, and He can't be that good. He's better than that. And we cannot maintain status quo. We will be changed when we encounter Him. The Scripture is saturated with the theme that we were made for relationship that allows us to know and to experience the power and the presence of our Father who created us. I mean, that theme throughout the Scripture, look at all of the encounters. As I've been going through this, Jacob himself in Genesis encountered God seven times. Seven specific encounters that he had with God that every time he encountered God, it changed him. It was the goodness of God that brought about a change in him to, that awakened him to the realities of the kingdom of God. It's become so evident to me that the encounter Papa had with people in the Bible was not reserved only for that time period. Now there's a group called cessationalists that they believe that it has ceased. That God doesn't work the way that He worked in Scriptures. That was for time gone by and because they really don't believe in the fivefold ministry, they believe that all the apostles have ceased and thus we have no more operation because it ceased with the apostles. But I'm here to tell you today that God still wants to encounter you in a special way, in the same way that He encountered those who were in the Scripture. He desires to encounter us. I say thank you, Abba, for desiring an encounter with us so much so that you sent Jesus. Then I say thank you, Jesus, that you wanted to encounter us so much that you gave us your life. And then I want to say thank you, Holy Spirit. We're so grateful that you want to encounter us on a consistent, constant basis that you are always speaking to us and drawing us closer to those encounters so that we can experience Papa's love, forgiveness, and kindness. Now, let me go back and grab one verse prior 
to Mark 5. If you would look one, just flip the page back one time and you will encounter verse 35. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Your encounter will take you to the other side. More importantly, Jesus will meet you where you're at. This grabbed me so much. Here's this man over on the other side of the Sea of Galilee uh, where our Israel trip is on hold right now. You can only imagine why. <laughs> but we trust that maybe as that settles down in the year to come that we may be able to reschedule that trip. And when you do, there's a six-mile journey over the Sea of Galilee to we would come to the area of Decapolis, which means ten cities that surrounded the lake there. That man did not come, you know, the masses came to find Jesus. They followed him and they wanted to see the signs and the wonders, the, the, you know, the feeding of the 5,000. But in this particular case, man, it grabbed me so much that it's been on me that Jesus wants to have an encounter with me more than I probably desire an encounter with him. That he would get in that boat, that he would go across that sea, that he would be in, the, he was at complete rest in the middle of the storm. The disciples weren't quite at rest yet, but he had a purpose that he desired to get to the other side so that he could touch a man with an unclean spirit so that man could get to the, his other side, get to the other side of his problem, get to the other side of his situation. Jesus wants to encounter you today. He's on his way to encounter a man with this unclean spirit. This man is in a desperate situation. Did you see the story? I think it resonates to a lot of people that he's unable to help himself. Not only is he unable to help himself, the people around him are incapable, unenable, and unable to help him as well. In our culture today, someone in this condition, we would seek to put him in an asylum. We would want him to get to a psychiatrist who would probably put him on pills. I am not saying that any of that is bad. Okay, Don't think that I'm saying don't go out of here and if you've got someone in mental upheaval that you don't. Uh, it should be a possibility, but it's not our first instinct. In our emergencies, in our times of crisis, in our situations, if those are our first instincts, help us, Jesus, that we don't go to him first. He's living a life of isolation, desperation, and devastation. If you will allow Holy Spirit to open your eyes to those around you, I believe that, that those three define most of the people that we encounter in society today. Desperate, devastated, and isolating. How do we isolate today? You can be in this room right now and completely isolated. It's happening everywhere. Completely isolated from those around us. Here we will see Jesus work in his hopeless case with power. Anybody want to encounter his power? 
keep in mind he can move in your life today in the same way that he moved in this man's life in the scripture. Let's look at this savage. That's what he was. He was a savage. Uncontrollable, untamable. By definition, he was a savage. Breaking off chains and fetters and handcuffs and anything that they would try to bind him with. Do you know that's what religion does? Religion makes savages out of us because it tries to bind us, control us, tame us. His problem, though, is he has an unclean spirit. Will you look at this word unclean with me for just a second? Hope you will learn something this morning. The word unclean in the Greek, I won't even try to pronounce it for you, but it means that ceremonially, the sense is that he must be abstained from according to the Levitical law. He's unclean. In other words, he's not clean and because he's not clean, he's unclean. And the Levitical law says he can't go to the temple and you can't go to him and have contact with him because he's unclean. It also means morally that in this sense he's unclean in his thought life. I'll just let that sink in. Where's he unclean at? Between the ears. The spirit that is unclean has gotten between his ears and it's controlling his thought life. Where's our battle? It's caused him to be in pain. It's leaving him among dead things. Where's he living? The graveyard, in the tombs. He's crying out. Watch this one. And he's cutting himself and it doesn't say he's just cutting himself. It specifically says he's cutting himself with stones. You know what stone speaks of to me? Stone tablet, rules on rocks. People are cutting themselves with rules on rocks. We spoke to this two weeks ago. And Lisa really brought it home to us that the Old Covenant and the Old Testament are two different things and the Old Covenant has been fulfilled. Really, it's kind of, I would have to take a long time and she can do a better job at it than our discussion this week, is Jesus broke the law to fulfill it. All the time. He's breaking the law by going to see this man. Why? Because the law said you can't touch anything that's unclean. But he's breaking the law to fulfill the law because anything he touches that's unclean is going to become clean. Because greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. Come on, somebody. He's out of control, can't be restrained. He's self-destructive and he's self-harming. I have a question for you today. Is there any area of your life that's out of control? Think about it. Is there any area of your life that you've been unable to tame? As James the third chapter says, maybe it's your tongue. Are you making decisions that continue to mutilate your reputation as a believer? I'm going to say that again. Are you making any decisions that continue to mutilate your reputation as a believer? Do you find yourself living among dead things? The spirit is unclean, and so according to the law, 
this man is unclean. But in Jesus' eyes, he's a son. Jesus' response is always in his power to heal, to restore, and to redeem. Everything about the cross is redemptive. Everything about what Jesus did brings healing. It brings restoration. Not an adherence to a law or to a tradition or to a philosophy or to a doctrine. He brings through His power when He wants to encounter you, Darius, He wants to show up to heal you, to restore you, and to redeem you. And He's not putting the pressure on you to get to Him. He's willing to encounter you where you're at. That's good preaching. Jesus always placed himself, and he still does, amongst those in society who needed a touch. Men have built jails and institutions and asylums and churches to hold those who manifest the outward signs of an inward death. Man promotes pills and psychiatrists and programs, and I'm not against any of those. Please hear me. I got to reiterate that and say that I'm not against pills, I'm not against programs, and I'm not against psychiatrists. But I am trying to tell you that it is the power of Jesus who wants to encounter you where you are at and tell you He wants to heal you, restore you, and redeem you. Powerless, naked, running around like a wild man, cutting himself. He probably stinks, he probably is filthy, he's terrifying to look at. And he screams all the time. Would you want him in your church? Would you let him in? Would we let him in Grace Life? It's hard to say would they let him in. Would we let him in? He stinks. He doesn't look like the rest of us. I remember the days ain't had gone by where we wouldn't let people in the building. We'd say, here, you need to put this on. Or you need to take that off. Shame on us. This man needs an encounter with Jesus. And I believe Jesus wants to encounter people just like him today all over the world. In our neighborhoods and in our schools and on our jobs and in our churches. We saw the savage. Let's look at the Savior, verses 6 through 13. He's moved with compassion. Constantly in Scripture we see that Jesus is moved with compassion. And as he's moved in compassion... Every time the scripture says that he's moved with compassion, you're about to encounter a demonstration of his power. It just doesn't say that he was moved with compassion and he said a little prayer and he went on about his business. He was moved with compassion and he healed all who were sick. He was moved with compassion and he delivered them from demonic oppression. He was moved with compassion and raised them from the dead. Anytime you see the compassion of the master coming in to encounter in a situation, you are going to see a demonstration of His power. Church, we need a demonstration of the power of God in our lives today. That's a good place to say amen. There's a confrontation that takes place. This man runs from afar off and he falls down at Jesus' feet and he worships Him. Jesus confronts the demonic activity and orders them to release their captive. He knew Jesus' name, 
But here's my question. Did he even know his own name? The unclean spirit told us what their name was, but did he know his name? I believe where I, I go with this and where this takes me is that because of problems and battles and situations in our lives, we, you know that divorced woman. Uh, oh, you know that single mom. That dad that's addicted. And we label people and we identify them with their problems, but Jesus wants this. You're going to find out that He always is going, when you have an encounter with Him, He's going to bring you to a place of your identity. Who you are in Him. Jesus asked His name, not for information, but for revelation. We are legion, for we are many. Will you allow me some dramatic license right now? A bunch of mini-me's. There's a bunch of mini-you's too. See, there's social media you. Oh, there's work you. There's church you. There's Friday night you. There's only the you that you know. And then there's the you that cries out in the middle of the night. Mini-me's. Lots of things going on inside, in the mind. See, I believe that once the moment that you believed, your spirit man was awakened because God had already reconciled you through the death of Jesus. So you were reconciled to Him. But the moment that you believed that, you, were reconcil you reconciled yourself to that. Your spirit man woke up. You'll never be more saved than you are right now. You'll never be more loved than you are right now but you still have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions that's being saved. So my spirit man is whole and healed and well, but my soul is dealing with many me's. Oh, come on, somebody. Jesus is here. He sees you. He hears your cries. He's moved with compassion. He wants a face-to-face -face encounter with you. His commands... Watch this. Every human effort had failed to offer anything that would deliver this man from torment. I, I know people who have suffered in great torment for years. It's almost like the woman with the issue of blood. They've spent all the money that they've had. They've been to all the physicians, all the churches, all the revivals, all of the meetings, all the prayer gatherings, and they're still in torment. But one word, can somebody help me? One word from Jesus can turn it around. One word from the Master can set you free. Come out, you unclean spirit. Let's look at the delivering power of Jesus. This man was changed. Did you read the story? I encourage you to go back over it this week and look at it to see what Jesus did in changing this man. Every encounter with Jesus brings about change. He's not running around. He's not crying out. He's not cutting himself. He's not in torment anymore. He's not naked, thank God. Jesus clothed him. Just further proof of the power of Jesus to provoke a change in a man. I believe that when you encounter God, everything about your life will change. See, we're criticized a lot, and we have a lot of heretic hunters after us. Because they think that we preach down here that you can live any way you want to live. But let me tell you, why you want to act like you never met Jesus before? Because when you've had an encounter with Jesus, it will change you. 
It will change you from the inside out. And I know it's a process that what's been worked in, I have to walk out. And I may, we're all on different places in our journey, and I don't expect Gary's encounter to be the same as my encounter. And if he's had an encounter that did something for him, and I'm comparing my encounter to his encounter, it's going to be discouraging. I just have to accept that he changed me. He made me whole. He made me well. And he finished the work for my salvation, but the work that he's doing in me so that he can work through me is an ongoing work. Mm, I felt that. This man was committed. Oh, can I just stop right there and help me, Jesus? I'm not, I don't want to go to Madeline. We need some consistent, committed people in the church today. 40% church attendance has dropped 40% since the pandemic. Many that started watching online now never engage in an online experience. They just don't go at all. And I'm not telling you that you have to come to have an encounter, but I sure do believe that if you would get here, it might be through someone's touch, someone's prayer, someone's smile, someone's hug, a word, a song, an encouragement, a slap on the back, a cup of coffee, and you might get an encounter with Jesus because He wants to meet you more than you probably really want to meet Him right now. He wanted to get in that boat and go wherever Jesus was because he didn't want to leave the presence of God. He wanted that encounter of what he felt when God changed his life. He wanted to, I believe that we can walk in that. I'm not talking about by feelings. I, I sure do want a feeling, and I like it when I feel him. But I have constant communication with him. I have a constant relationship with him, and I can hear his voice, and he hears my cry. But he got committed. The contrast is the townspeople didn't. <laughs> they got mad. They wanted Jesus to leave. Can I tell you something? Just set up on the edge of your seat and turn your hearing aids on and maybe even write this down. Jesus took a madman and made him a messenger. Every encounter with Jesus that changes you he will commission you to tell somebody. Every encounter will leave you with a testimony. If I ask for a show of hands this morning, I can guarantee you that everybody's got a testimony of something that God has done for them. When's the last time you told somebody? When's the last time you shared about the goodness of God in your life? I'm convinced that Grace Life, the Nazarene Church across the street, One Life Church up on the hill, and many, many others up and down this valley would be filled if those believers who have encountered the power and the presence of God would just tell somebody. Jesus sees people with a different set of eyes. I believe we need cross-eyed vision. As we filter things through the cross so that we will see a drunk as a son. That we'll see a prostitute as a daughter. Help me somebody. We will see a junkie as a jewel. And we see a maniac as a messenger. A missionary. But as long as we see them as drunks and prostitutes and junkies and maniacs. 
Doesn't do anything for them. You cannot have an encounter with a person in the power of Jesus and stay the same. Some people just don't know it. And so they need to hear your testimony of how God changed your life and what He did for you when He delivered you, healed you, saved you, set you free. Almost everybody that I come in contact with knows about the goodness of God in my life when it came to my two daughters in a head-on collision. I can't hardly encounter anybody that doesn't know that story, number one, because Dad's got a big mouth, and we plastered it all over the place, but people were praying for them. That's a testimony to the goodness of God in my life, and I want to keep on sharing it. But there have been things that have happened since then that are just as great of miracles that I want to talk about to people when I encounter them. Lord, open my eyes and open my mouth. Help me point people to Jesus. Now this dude was cutting himself, Jennifer, if you will. So the scars of the pain from the past are still on his body. But there's a smile on his face. And so with a smile on my face, I can point to the scars on my body and tell you that I've had an encounter with Jesus. He's not screaming in pain. He's now proclaiming the power of God. He's not running around like a wild man. He's going from door to door, city to city, and Decapolis. Doing exactly what Jesus told him to do. Go tell them about the mercy of God, the goodness of God, and the, and the change of deliverance that God's brought about in your life. Do you know that no one is beyond an encounter with Jesus? No one. Not the lame, not the leper not the blind or the deaf when it comes to God not even the dead not a tax collector like Zacchaeus or a religious leader like Saul of Tarsus nobody we're not beyond an encounter those that are our neighbors are not beyond an encounter to get to the other side of their storm the other side of their mess their battle their divorce their addiction fill in the blank an encounter with God encounter with Jesus face to face will change them and get them to the other side of their mess I believe there's a lot of unclean spirits in people's minds there's a fallen mindset the demonic activity that takes place beyond between the ears is because of bad teaching a bad view of who the father is an unhealthy view of who they are themselves we need delivered from those unclean spirits that have attached themselves to us and that oppress many today. But I have to take you back to the beginning of this series where I told you that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Hebrews 2.14 says He destroyed the one who had power over death. How? He swallowed up death, hell, and the grave. And that's why Jesus wants to encounter each of us and everyone beyond these walls face to face, meeting them right where they are. You know, they brought him a woman caught in adultery. He didn't say, I'll meet you at the temple next week. He dealt with her right there where she was at. They lowered a man down through the roof. Come on, somebody. And they, 
they lowered this man on a mat right in front of him. He didn't say, well, if you'll take him down next Tuesday, I'm going to be in revival over in Jericho, and you can, I'll meet you. He looked at their faith, and he said, well, which is easier for me to say to this man, get up off the mat, or to forgive him of his sins, I'll do both. Oh, oh. Holy Spirit just hit me with something. Everyone who encountered Jesus left something behind. That man didn't take that mat with him. The woman at the well didn't take the water pots with her. It says she left the water pots behind. When Jesus encountered the fishermen on the seashore of Galilee and said, follow me, they left their nets behind. Quit trying to bring with you. <laughs> Leave it behind. Come follow Jesus. Would you stand this morning? Jesus wants to have an encounter with you and His power to get you to the other side. Cast off anything hindering you right now from your encounter. Leave it behind. Don't pay attention to the crowd. Don't let anyone silence your voice or dampen your enthusiasm when you desire an encounter with Jesus this morning. The encounters with Jesus will always bring you to a place of rest. This man is seated at the feet of Jesus. And it will always put you in your right mind. Would you just place your hands on your head right now and declare a sound mind, the right mind right now? Detaching anything that's hindering. No excuses. I'm going to encounter the Master. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've already done this morning in this room, what you're about to do. Would you just begin to pray right now? Pray over your own heart, your own mind. Ask Holy Spirit to reveal anything to you that's causing you to mutilate your reputation as a believer. Anything that's causing self-harm, reveal that Holy Spirit right now. I speak to anything and everything in the minds of your people, Jesus, that's causing them to believe that they are anything other than what you said they are, sons and daughters the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Holy, blameless, pure. That's who you are. So would you right now denounce and rebuke any spirit that's unclean in your mind that's telling you that you're anything other than that. Anything that's telling you to harm yourself, whether that's through suicide or any other demonic activity that would be oppressing your mind right now, would you take a hold of that thing and cast it out and would you confess right now that I have the mind of Christ? Come on, say it right now. I have the mind of Christ. I'm in my right mind. I'm clothed and I'm at rest at the feet of Jesus. Come on, yeah, go ahead. Thank Him for that right there. Yes, Jesus. come against the unclean spirit 
of eating disorders. We cast it down. You are whole, well, and healed. In Jesus' name, begin to replace those thoughts of health and well-being. As a son or a daughter of God, tell yourself every day, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I will not be conformed to any other ideology. I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. In Jesus' name. Father, we speak over your children that everything in the past that tries to haunt and tries to rise up in our thinking as the enemy would try to be a false accuser and slander us. <laughs> you tell us that we resist. Yeah, there it is. His head is crushed. It bruised his heel and he crushed his head. Defeated. Done. I receive that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.